Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. Alright, here we go. It is that time of the week again. Welcome back, everybody, to the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, we got a great show for you today, along with breaking down the most recent free agent signing. I'm also going to be breaking down some tweets by our favorite reporter, Alex Pavlovic. So instead of having a news and notes from around the league segment of my own, I'm just going to go ahead and break down the news that he's been tweeting. So be sure to stick around for the entirety of the show in order to be as informed and up-to-date as possible. All right, here we go. So, on Tuesday, February 9th, the Giants signed a left-handed reliever by the name of Jake McGee to a two-year contract worth $7 million. I'm sure this came as a bit of a surprise to most who have been following every move by the Giants' front office during this offseason because it definitely came as a bit of a surprise to me. Not once has Farhan Zaidi or any other member of the Giants staff expressed left-handed relief pitching as an area of need. In fact, in my opinion, one might argue it's one of the most notable strengths of this team. Yet, when you think about the moves made over the past few seasons, you know, one thing that's become apparent is that Farhan believes you can never have too much depth at any position. And we can see that when the, during this offseason, he went out and signed not only Kirk Casale at the catcher position, but they also re-signed Chadwick Trump. So along with Posey, they went out and signed two additional backup catchers, and they still have Bart. And this is the reason why I was kind of expecting the Giants to go out and sign another starting pitcher, considering the fact that Farhan has already expressed that he would definitely feel more comfortable having around eight to nine starting pitchers in the rotation and in their depth. And I personally would have liked to see the Giants sign a pitcher like Odorizzi or Paxton. And, you know, I, I talk about these starting pitchers all the time, so you know them by now. But in Zaidi's defense, Jake McGee dominated the 2020 season. Now, in 20.1 innings pitched, McGee produced a 2.66 ERA and struck out 14.61 batters per nine innings. McGee threw his fastball 96% of the time last year, and opposing hitters can only generate a 194 batting average against that pitch. The dude was a freaking beast. And if further evidence is necessary, all you have to do is look at his 1.67 FIP, which tells you that he actually should have performed even better than he did during the 2020 season. Alright, so where the heck does McGee fit into this bullpen? Well, there's no question that he's going to make the starting roster. The question is more, what type of role is he going to have in this bullpen? Well, in my opinion, McGee will likely take over the role left behind by Tony Watson as the veteran lefty who's used to handling high-leverage situations. 
Reports have actually already come out stating that McGee is first in line to become the closer. But in my opinion, there are multiple candidates who can fulfill that role. I also have a theory that this has everything to do with the Trevor Gott experiment. Now, if you all remember, well, how could you forget? During those infamous ninth inning meltdowns, when there was, I think it was back-to-back-to-back, where the Giants had the lead in the ninth inning, and unfortunately Trevor Gott gave up those runs and we lost all three of those games. Like I said, how could you forget? Anyways, during the midst of all of that, all of that drama, Gabe Kapler was still coming out stating that the Giants personally still believe in Trevor Gott, and they believe that he can have a shot at the closer role for the future. So, my theory is that the Giants wanted to bring in a veteran, which they did state that during the beginning of the offseason. They wanted to bring in a very successful veteran who can help out the younger arms in the bullpen. But I also think this move is meant to provide a little motivation for Trevor Gott, kind of saying, look, if you don't have it, we can go out and get people that do have it. And I feel like the Giants wouldn't have given Gott a contract if they didn't believe in him, or at least wanted him to be a part of the future plans. So one thing that'll be interesting to see is if Trevor Gott can step up and you know, finally feel comfortable in his role in the bullpen. I'm not really sure what it's going to be this year, but all I know is that it seems like the Giants aren't ready to give up on Trevor Gott just yet. But hey, lefty relief pitching might not have been a weakness, as I mentioned earlier, but this is definitely a great addition to the bullpen nonetheless. All right, moving on to our next segment, and that's going to be breaking down some Pavlovic tweets. I just created that title now. Yes, I did. We're going to be breaking down some tweets by Alex Pavlovic, and the only reason why is because he was tweeting out a lot of stuff yesterday and a lot of great news, and I just want to make sure that I'm doing my part in keeping you guys as loyal Giants fans as up-to-date and informed as possible. All right, here we go. Breaking down the first tweet from Alex Pavlovic. Kapler said there are no concerns about Austin Slater's elbow, which kept him from playing outfield in September. Giants might take a look at him in center field. Not a lot of depth there. All right, first things first, this is great news. We like Austin Slater. On top of leading the team in stolen bases with eight, Slater also managed to produce a 282 batting average and a 914 OPS, which is great, fantastic. But another thing I will say is that he absolutely crushes left-handed pitching. Last year, he produced a 316 batting average and a 1.12 OPS against lefties, which is why I loved him as a platoon option for either Alex Dickerson or Mike Yastrzemski, since they absolutely destroy righties. However, I'm always a huge supporter of defensive versatility, excuse me. so by all means, I am 100% down with making Slater more comfortable with other outfield positions. But if it was up to me, I would be more inclined to keep Slater and Dickerson platooned and left and call me crazy but move Yaz to center field and then put Lamont Wade Jr., who the Giants just acquired in the Sean Anderson trade, to right field. That way the Giants can have as many left-handed bats in the lineup as possible. Now I realize that you're probably disagreeing with all of what I just said, but I'm personally, I'm buying into Lamont Wade Jr. The dude does not strike out. During his last 23 plate appearances of the 2020 season, Wade Jr. only struck out two times. And on top of all that, he hits the ball freaking hard. So, when you're making great contact and you aren't striking out, that's usually a strong indication positive results on the field are inevitable. Now, is my hype for Lamont Wade Jr. probably premature? Yes, I agree with you. Settle down a little bit, James. But, 
You know, I can't help it. I can't help it when I see Farhan discover players like Mike Yastrzemski, Donovan Solano, Alex Dickerson, and help turn them into everyday players who are performing at a high level. Anyways, to wrap up this tweet, it sounds like Slater is healthy, and it sounds like they're trying to make him versatile, more, excuse me, more versatile defensively, which I very much support. And I also am just personally hyped about Lamont Wade Jr. Moving on to the next tweet from Alex Pavlovic. Kapler said Dubon, who only played center field in the second half of 2020, will still get lots of infield reps. He will play some third base this spring, and the Giants didn't have a good defensive option there when Longoria was hurt last year. All right, so the only reason why this news surprises me a little bit is because Dubon, although he wasn't a gold glove center fielder, he was still doing a fantastic job out there. It's truly been really interesting and entertaining to watch how Dubon has developed in the ultimate utility man for the Giants. He's become that player who carries three or four different gloves in his back because who the heck knows where he's going to play every other day. I've mentioned this before, but this is a great sign because Farhan is someone who values defensive versatility because it leads to more opportunities to keep someone's bat in the lineup. So if they're trying so hard to make sure that Dubon can play every single position, that must mean that they value his bat in the lineup. This very much reminds me of players like Kike Hernandez or Chris Taylor for the Dodgers. Those two guys play every position in the outfield and every position in the infield besides first base and catcher, which is exactly the type of fielder Dubon is on his way to become. So this is good because, like I said, Farhan values depth at every position, and in my opinion, I believe that Dubon is a better infielder than, let's say, Wilmer Flores, but this also gives the Giants a chance to not have to go out and spend money at the third base position in order to add depth. Plus, the Giants outfield is starting to look pretty crowded out there. But this is a great problem to have. Too much depth is always good depth. All right, moving on to the next Alex Pavlovic tweet. Quote, on Zoom call to preview spring training, Gabe Kapler said Camilo Duvall has been impressive in bullpen sessions, and Kervin Castro is throwing like someone who will be, quote, a major leaguer at some point during the 2021 season. Two young right-handed relievers with big arms. Now, for those of you that don't know, Camilo Doval and Kervin Castro are two of the top three relief arms in our system. Doval is probably the name that has the most hype attached to him right now, considering that he throws 100 mile per hour fastballs and pairs that with a devastating slider with a three quarters arm slot throwing motion. So he kind of reminds me of the right handed Madison Bumgarner. These two guys, along with Gregory Santos, are the future of the Giants bullpen, at least right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see any of these names come up at some point during the season, especially Doval. So at this point during the offseason, we're starting to see a pattern here. And I've been saying it during this entire episode. Farhan Zaidi loves depth. And the only place where the Giants need more of it is probably the starting rotation. So in my opinion, I absolutely expect the Giants to go out and get at least one more starter from now until the start of the season. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they go out and get maybe two or three for the sake of depth. Scratch that. Probably not three. But definitely one probably two. All right, the last tweet from Pavlovic is just kind of a checkup tweet and kind of things that we've already heard already. We have baseball updates, he says. Belt will be limited throughout the first two or three weeks of spring, but is aiming for opening day. Okay, we knew that. We talked about that last week. Beatty, that's Tyler Beatty, who's recovering from Tommy John surgery, is throwing bullpens. That's a really, really promising sign, actually. He's already throwing bullpens, 
but likely won't pitch in spring. He's aiming for a May return. John Brebbia, who's also recovering from Tommy John surgery, will throw first bullpen in March. All right. So it seems like that's just a standard injury update, which again, I expect the Giants to place John Brebbia on the DL. And I don't know if BD qualifies for the 60-day DL because I think he's going to be back before Brebbia. Brebbia for sure is going to go on the DL though, which then will create more spaces on the 40-man roster, which again will lead to more signings in my opinion. But anyways, other than that, that is going to be all for today's show, everybody. Again, thank you so much for stopping by, especially if this is your first time listening to the Say Hey podcast. Again, everybody, you can find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Be smart out there. Continue to stay safe. But most importantly, go Giants.